It is Monday, March 21st. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL-adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And Will, what a fantastic round of football. Superstars returned, debutantes made their mark, close finishes, games going down to the wire. Tell me, what did you make of the weekend's action? Yeah, I didn't see any of it because I'm pretending the season hasn't started yet. <laughs> so on, Brand. It's, it seemed to work very well for me last week, not knowing anything and being able to just randomly guess what was going on. So I'm going to stick with that for my plan early on in the season. I've got a game plan in preseason and I'm just going to like not throw the baby out with the bathwater early on. Uh, I, yeah. I should mention we are on the, the listener app now. If you want to find yeah. this show, you need to go to the listener app. And uh, I am taking a level of professionalism to the listener app that they have never experienced before, which is literally, are you going to do an entire season of a podcast where you don't actually watch the thing that you're meant to be talking about. And that may well be the case. But what I will say is for anyone who was upset about the fact that we have moved to the listener app, I will tell you this 100%. Uh, I have not watched any football and I do not have time to watch any football. Charlie is in the middle of a flood zone and his team is terrible. If we were not contractually obliged to be here today, we would oh not be God. doing this show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some people are like grumbling about us switching to a, to a new platform. Mate, if anyone has a reason to complain, it's you and I. Because our two teams this weekend, like, oh, talk about just disappointing and underwhelming. And I'll say this, you watched no football. I watched part of every game. I think I watched three full games and I watched bits of every <laughs> other game. So I had a real kind of chance to run my eye over the league and just see how far off the pace the Saints are. I mean, there's a couple of things like, look, the, the Bulldogs game, uh, it felt like a carbon copy of the grand final. I mean, it, it's amazing that the Bulldogs had six months to go, well, geez, Christian Petrarca tore us up in the grand final. What do you think we should do? Ah, <laughs> uh, you know what? She'll be right. I'm sure it won't happen again. Fuck all. I'm sure, I'm sure the best player in the competition won't play like the best player in the competition again. Two in a row. I mean, how unlucky for us. I mean, in a little bit of Two Guys One Cup specialty uh, news, uh, uh, Aaron Norton was sporting a very McEnroe-esque headband, uh, a Nike headband. Did you see any images of that? I did not. No. In fact, I don't even know if he played well. I think he kicked a bunch of goals, but I don't even know if he played well. But I did not know he, that he was wearing a headband. Yeah, yeah. So he was wearing a headband. And the thing about having a headband when you have his kind of hair is it sort of like McEnroe. It sort of separates the afro. It doesn't. I, I didn't really think he had reason to have need a headband because his hair grows straight up anyway. You know what I mean? But all he's done now is just like segment the afro that he has. <laughs> I like that though. I, to me, like if your hair's gone straight up anyway, if you've got the full Kramer, if like Aaron Norton's going to go out there and try to be a superstar of the competition, Fido Dido style, mm. then I feel like that you do need something to separate that. You can't just have like a big buff that goes above your head and you look like Jason Dunstall wearing a, like an old helmet. school helmet back in the 
No, nah, you yeah. don't want that. You you've got to like add some style. It looked like he was wearing like if you if his hair was grey, it looked like he's wearing a chef's hat. That's what it looks like. The bouffant is like funneled into this kind of chimney type shape that mushrooms at the top. And the thing about Aaron Norton is he was probably your best player. He was playing well, which sort yeah. of made me go, right. There must have been a point like when Aaron Norton first went down to Witten Oval as you know a draftee. I'm sure he didn't think. Man, I'm just gonna I'm gonna rock a headband first day at training. I'm gonna really win the boys over with a headband. But has he gotten to a level where he's looking at his teammates like, oh, Bont's getting all these endorsement deals. Bailey Smith's the number one social media guy. I need my thing. Like I need to have, you know, you got uh, you got JJ who's the stonks guy. I need a thing. What's what's my little affectation gonna be? I'll be headband. <laughs> I'll be air headband guy. You know what? In that team. I think you do have to find an angle, right? Yeah. Because as you said, you like ordinarily you glamour forward, you gun player, you astronaut. Like we talked about the chief, Jason Dunstall. Like take the eye out of chief, you get chef. And maybe that's the angle he's going for. He <laughs> wants to be the chef. People start referring to him as the chef. Suddenly the commentators are using a lot of like, you know, he's really carving up the opposition here tonight, you know, like, you know, referring to like Cody Waitman as his sous chef, like operating together in the forward line. Or is he embracing the astronaut thing and it's not a chef's hat, but it's a space helmet? Is there a chance he's growing like an astronaut style space helmet on his head? Or yeah, or like one of those kind of like, because I'm sure astronauts, you know, when they're getting trained up for G-force and stuff, they have to wear those, you know, headbands where they have like electrodes all over their heads and stuff. So maybe it's kind of kind of one of those things as well. Like maybe NASA are taking readings of Aaron Norton's like altitude when he takes flight. Is there any chance that uh, the reason that he is such a good football player is that just above his head is zero gravity? Like, so it would explain what's happening with his hair. His, his hair. hair's growing like it's zero gravity. But also it might explain how he can jump so high. Like he has yeah. this little air pocket just above his head of zero gravity that lets him launch at these packs so spectacularly. I think what it is more than he gets to zero gravity, I think his hair fills with pockets of air and helps lift him because he has this incredible right. bouffant. Like last year I was describing it like he was the lead singer of White Snake, but I, someone's handed him some product in the off season, some hairspray, something like that, some volumizer, because it's now just boof. It's very, in fact, this is a lot. I noticed a lot of haircuts this round, and we are back on track. For uh, any uh, listener audience who are new to Two Guys Walking Cup, welcome to the show. This is kind of what we talk about exclusively on the listener. If you've app, made if it this far, it's going to be more of this. So. Yeah. We are exclusive to the listener app. Um, if you are overseas, you can still listen to us at tofop.com using a, a VPN. But uh, the haircut that stood out the most to me was Levi Casbolt, which um, are you aware that Levi Casbolt is still playing football? I thought he retired. I've got to be honest with you. I was pretty sure he retired at the end of last season. (laughs) So did I. But then I'm watching the Gold Coast. I have this Mandela effect. Like, I have this, like, idea in my head that I even saw them celebrate his last game. Like, you know, maybe even they cheered him off. I've got that in my head, Mandela style. Well, it's going to confuse you even more when you actually see him because I watched the West Coast Gold Coast game. So he's now playing Mm. for the Gold Coast. And he looks like oh, a man okay. re- that. That explains. That explains a lot. I was like, is he still playing for Carlton? <laughs> no, he's playing for the Gold Coast. But he's effectively he has the look of a man who's retired. So he's allowed his hair to grow out as well. So he's got more of that kind of eighties David Hasselhoff kind of bouffant. But his beard's gone really long as well. He looks very seventies. What's the um? What's the? It's not quite the Will Ferrell character from that uh, that basketball movie, but it's a kind of similar 
70s porn star kind of look he's got going on. He's got it's like a Bee Gees kind of thing. If he had a gold medallion on under his his his, his son's Guernsey, you'd be like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it does sort of also make sense too that, you know, he's probably in the last few years of his career, he's probably taken one last paycheck. He's kind of got one foot in retirement anyway, you know what I mean? So it's like, I'm just going to grow the hair out, grow the beard. Maybe I won't even play like a full season. Maybe they'll only keep me in for like, you know, 12 games or whatever. But um, <laughs> that's all right. I'm just going to go down to Broad Beach, soak up some rays, work on my tan. To be honest, most people think I'm retired anyway. So it's fine. <laughs> this is actually a bonus. Oh, can I say well, with Aaron Norton, can I put yeah. the challenge out to the great Aaron Norton? If he keeps going, like if his form keeps going, I think it should be like Samson style. He does not cut that bouffant until the form drops off. So, like, I, I want to see astronaut style. There is a line called the Kármán line, which is technically where space begins. It's where... Oh, it's not the Phil, Car- not the Phil Kármán line. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, no? there's... Yes. Phil Kármán Named line. after Phil Kármán. For, for no- yeah, because yeah. <laughs> he was flying. That's how high he got. Yeah. So Phil yeah, Kármán right. got up to, hundred, I think, 100 kilometres above the Earth. I believe that is what the right. Kármán line is, the Phil Kármán line. So is there a chance that by the end of his career, Aaron Norton could have a haircut that reached the Carmen line? Uh, yeah, I reckon so. It de- it'll depend a lot on mm. um, how the Bulldogs go this year because uh, a lot of drama, a lot of fallout after the game. Um, you know, Bont uh, is potentially carrying an injury now. I'm not sure if you heard, but uh, Bevo had a bit of a tense press conference. It was hard to miss. <laughs> it was hard to miss. I mean, even if you weren't paying attention to football at all, you couldn't have missed the fallout after that. And I don't know if it counts as a milkshake duck, but it felt like there were shades of milkshake duck going on there with Tom Morris. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the searches for Tom Morris's name in 24 hours really took a dark turn, didn't they? It was one of those things where I did not see the press conference. And so I hadn't really even heard about the press conference. But the next day in my email inbox from the Western Bulldogs Football Club became a, came a very contrite apology from our coach. And I was like, well, I've stumbled onto the final episode of this. I have to go back and work out, you know, what happened before this. What was the previously on McLeod's daughters that got Bevo to this apology? Well, I didn't even quite, once I actually understood what was going on, even I couldn't quite work out. Like I've heard sort of bits and pieces. Uh, this is like a long step. This goes back to the grand final last year that Bevo's really been holding on to this beef. But he was so scary in that press conference. I always thought like it would be the, the worst coach to have to question after a loss was like um, Mick Malthouse. Like he was the grumpiest, most combative coach after a loss. But Bevo, like Bevo... I mean, the thing about Mick Malthouse is you felt like, yeah, he's getting angry, but I feel like I could still take him. He's pretty old. Like, he looks pretty old and frail. He's got old man strength. He's every character that Clint Eastwood plays in movies now. Yes. That's who Mick Malthouse is. Some angry old man, like, yelling at the kids to get off the lawn. Yeah, like, he he would probably, like, box Queensbury rules. You know, he just holds his fists up Mm. like that, you know. But I reckon I could restrain him. But with Bevo... Like, there was a genuine sense of physical danger in that press room. That, like, Bevo, because of the Mo as well. Like, I fully expected him just to kick the table over and tear off his shirt and say, come at me, bro. Like, it felt like that was the next thing coming. Yeah, we're going to do a little thing I call Morris dancing, which is me dancing on your head, Tom Morris. Yeah. <laughs> so- <laughs> Here's what I will say about Bevo. You talk about the look. 
I think even if Bevo was being incredibly kind and was in like a really jovial mood, say he was cracking jokes, I feel like you would still be terrified because you know how sometimes like when there's a hard guy at the pub and he's like cracking jokes, but he's cracking jokes in that way that you realize if I don't laugh at every one of these jokes at some stage, he's going to be Tom Morris dancing on my head. And Bevo has that about him. So I think that the look definitely suited like the attitude that he was putting out, right? Yeah. And speaking of looks, so they've brought in this new rule that you can't talk back to the umpire, right? So if a decision goes against you, you can't gob off. Man, it's fantastic. I love it because you're getting such dramatic like stares coming from these players because a lot of them adapted really, really quick. I don't think I actually saw a 50 meter given away from a player talking back, but you saw them go to say the thing that they wanted to say, but realized they couldn't. But then it all came through the eyes, Will. And as an actor, this is what coaches often tell you. Like an acting coach will say, Uh hey, don't over, like you're overdoing it. Like, you know, just really commit and it'll come through your eyes, man. The amount of like four letter words you can see pouring out of players' eyes. They weren't even shaking their heads or doing any of that kind of physical, you know, you'd think like a James Sicily or, you know, a Dougal Howard, one of those really demonstrative kind of guys would at least, you know, throw their hands up, but they're just like, they're just containing it. It's fantastic. It's like emotional constipation. Does this put Mason Cox at a distinct disadvantage though? (laughs) I mean, this is a man who, we're in this league now where the only way you can chat back to an umpire or does he... Like, if he's really mad, if a decision's gone against Big Mason, does he, like, pop up the goggles just to give it a stare and then you know you're in real trouble? Yeah, or is it like, is it more like that dude from CSI in Miami? Oh, yeah. Like, he kind of, like, lowers the shade against the decision and he'd say, I I reckon that decision was out of bounds. (laughs) You know, like, puts the glasses back on. (laughs) So you're suggesting that Mason Cox should start bringing a little David Caruso to the AFL. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, totally, like... Every time a decision goes against him, because he's not talking back, yeah. just some kind of witty mm-hmm. sort of pun, and he puts the glasses mm. and he puts the glasses back on. Yeah, that in the back was like a knife in my back. Glasses on the hoop way, <laughs> and then they've just got to play it over the speakers <laughs> at the ground. I mean, come on, that would be amazing if we got to the point where not yeah. only do they play it on the speakers, but everyone in the crowd makes the noise. You know, like with the, yeah. they always have those cult figures that everyone in the crowd is in on the bit. That would be perfect. Yeah. The umpire mucks up mm. the centre bounce and is like, "Up, that wasn't so much a ball up as a balls up." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this round will also mark uh-huh. the return of one of two guys one cup's favourite, El Chorizo himself, Matt yes, Rowell. The great I El Chorizo. Of that game. He was fantastic. It's mm-hmm. just a shame he has no weapons. No weapons. I mean, what a wasted draft pick. I mean, if Kane Corns has taught me anything, it's that he really is a one-dimensional player. A one-dimensional player who picks up like 33 possessions, like 10 clearances, gets wiped out by Dean Rioli and just shrugs it off. He was awesome. You know what Kane Corns is? I remember with Saddam Hussein, there was a guy, I think his name was Hans Blix, right? Do you remember Hans Blix? No. He was the weapons I inspector. Think Hans Blix is the puppet from Team America, isn't he? No? Is it? No, wait a minute. No, hang on. Hans Blix was the, was the all right, he was a WMD weapons inspector, right? Yeah, I think that's well, Michael. Could you please look up uh, who the WMD weapons inspector was uh, around the? Yeah, the and then he was a puppet in, in in Team America, but I forgot that that puppet was based on a real person. Yeah, based on the Gulf War. <laughs> yeah. So it, yeah, Hans, Hans Blix. Blix, right? Yeah. So Hans Blix, 
He was over in, um, you know, Iraq, searching around all over the place, and he was just like, I can't find any weapons. There are no weapons to be found. That's what Kane Corns is. He looked at Matt Rao, like Hans Blitz looked at Saddam Hussein's Iraq, and said, there are no weapons here, no weapons to be found. Well, it turns out, Charlie, there were fucking heaps of weapons. Heaps of weapons. Uh, the thing about Kane Corns is, like, there's now, like, 16 parody accounts of Kane Corns, or at least footy parody accounts that will either throw up a Kane Corns joke or, you know, yep. there's at least one account, which is this is not Kane Corns. But they are so accurate, you know, bag and super kick kids and all this kind of stuff. And then I found out, like, last week that Kane Corns is on the board of the All the Australian Selection Squad. So how do you reckon... You know, those meetings will go where they all get all these like former legends together to sign on the All Australians and Kane's just sitting there just putting a line through everyone's name. Nah, 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 nah. no weapons, nah, 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 no weapons, Can't no key. good. Nah, nah. Went yeah, skiing pre season, fuck that guy. <laughs> got to do something first. Hasn't won a premiership. <laughs> I mean, he's like the Red Simons of like Australian football commentators. If he's on the judging panel for the All-Australian yeah. selection, at least give him a giant gong. So like, you know, they can be looking at someone like Marcus Bontempelli. Oh, look, his numbers have been oh. great. Contested balls, fantastic metres gained. I mean, he's he's a Monty to go in. Uh, all in favour, say aye, aye. And then you just hear, doom. And then he's like, nah, Bont doesn't kick enough goals. Not getting in. No good. Um, it, I would like them to do it red faces style. So around the room, they've all got a card that they're going to write a number yep. on. And then Kane is always last and he has like the lowest score. Like, yeah, you know, so it's yep. not just the gong, but like the idea that like, you know, you get to go, hey, Richo, I don't think Richo's on the panel anymore, but say Richo's like, <laughs> you know, definitely Dustin Martin, nine out of 10, you got to lock in Dustin Martin. And then it gets to Kane and Kane gets to have his assessment, the hanging judge. Yeah. So do you reckon that, all right, but if Kane is... Because occasionally red would surprise you. Like there would be maybe a genuinely good act, someone who comes out and can actually sing yep. and dance. And does Kane ever like bring out the, 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 the 10 out of 10? Yeah. He does. Yeah. No, what he's got one in him. All right. It's one. One every. So if it's an all-Australian selection. So um, I reckon he, he gives none on the 44-man squad, but when they nail it down, I reckon he gives one. He gives one endorsement. And what is that? What is, what is the attributes that Kane Corn looks for? We know that he doesn't like okay. uh, guys who strut. It would be good if it's someone who's won the premiership, the Brownlow. Because he respects that. <laughs> right. Respects so that. If Norm could, Smith. So Norm if, Smith. So if you could, could have won the Norm Smith, the grand final, the Brownlow, the best finals player, um, you came yeah. back from preseason MVP. first before everybody else. Um, you have you decided- no social media profile. You're never mouthing it- off. You're never kind of like endorsing anything. or You've never... You've ne- you don't give one interesting press interview, in other words. Uh, ha- ha- gave up drinking to dedicate right. themselves to football during the season. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. That to me, well, that sounds like Dustin Martin, really. So Dusty's won a Brownlow. He's won a Norm Smith. He's definitely been like an MVP. He doesn't really do press. Would he be the perfect Kane Corns All-Australian? Oh, I reckon Kane would find a problem with Dusty. It'd be that he doesn't speak to the media. The, the tattoos are too 
Yeah, he yeah, doesn't he, like. I mean, lavish. he should be doing some speaking to the media. He owes it to the game to speak to the media. Dustin Martin is a leader of the game, probably the best player yeah. in the last generation, and we never hear from Dustin Martin. We know nothing about Dustin Martin. Doesn't Dustin Martin have a responsibility, Charlie, to the game that has made Dustin Martin very rich and a star all over the world? Doesn't he have a responsibility to promote that game, to inspire young kids, to let them know what's on his mind? Well, I say no to Dustin Martin. Two out of ten. Two out of ten from the hanging judge I love how when you were doing your cane corns you became Tucker Carlson you started asking all these hypothetical straw man kind of questions like doesn't this happen doesn't he owe it to it doesn't it's like what, hang on no one said he isn't he's just creating his argument um, another bit of uh, two guys one cup uh, favorite, mm-hmm. favoritism that happened this weekend was uh, a certain uh, Ford at the Brisbane Lions Joe Danaher oh boy oh, what did Joe get up to that game no Oh, mate, so much. He was fantastic. It was the best and the worst of times, Will. But the the highlight that everyone's been discussing, which is just I saw this live and I had to rewind it because I was laughing so hard and it was so perfectly Joe Danaher. So there's like 15 seconds left to go on the quarter. Um, uh, the Lions rush it forward. I think Dane Zorko kicks to the top of the square. He's caught out of position, just jumps over like six guys, takes an absolute screamer at the top of the square. Like So he's got the ball at the top of the goal square, dead front, the siren's about to go. He handballs to a player who's not even ready for it. The siren goes. <laughs> and you just see Mitch Robinson staring at him. Like, you thought the stares at the umpires this round were intense. Like, the stare that Mitch Robinson gave Joe Danaher. And Joe's laughing. Like, this is what I love about Joe. Even when he was at the Bombers, he was like this. Like, he, he plays footy as if he's in someone's backyard. Like, he just fucking loves it. He thinks it's... A, and at that stage, too, like, scores were level. You know, like, it's a really important moment. Like, that, I do love that about Joe. I know it must be incredibly frustrating if you are a supporter of the team that he plays for. I can imagine that it might seem like he doesn't care. But he actually, I think, has the best attitude to life, which is like he fucks something up and then he's gone, he, he just is like, oh, my God, I am a dickhead. Did you just see that thing yeah, that I just did? Exactly. I am such a fucking idiot. Oh, my God. Seriously. I mean, that was the thing, though, because, like, there was three players standing around him. There was Mitch Robinson, yeah. Cockatoo, and I can't remember who the other guy was. Maybe it was, like, a Bailey or someone. So he hands the ball off to Cockatoo, who really was, like, almost had his back to him. He was so not ready for it. He then tries to scramble onto his boot as the siren's going. And then Joe is cracking up, like laughing and turning to all of them like, right, right. Like how funny is that? Like I could, that was a certain goal that I just gave. I just took mark of the year and then just did clang it of the year in the one play. At the top of the square, guys, let me run you through it again. I flew out of nowhere, took a complete specky in the one place that I couldn't possibly miss from in any circumstance. And anyway, it was right near the end of the quarter. I handballed it off and fucked it up completely. I am the best and the worst, aren't I? Come on, guys, get around me. It's it's such a beautiful pairing too, that kind of personality with Chris Fagan as a coach because – Look, I know we've constructed a persona for Chris Fagan that may or may not be real and that he's Gil from The Simpsons. But I think that Gil from The Simpsons, like so close to triumph, you know, like because they were, I think they were like four goals down at one stage. They clawed their way back and this was going to give them the lead or at least, you know, level the scores. And just to see like Chris Fagan on the sideline going, oh boy, Gil, you've done it. Joe Danaher's going to get you the lead. Right to- oh, Joe, what are you doing? Oh no, jeez. And then he's like, pants fall down, you know, and he chips over. His headset gets tangled around his neck. Ah, oh, God. Can someone help? Girl, fags up! I'm stuck. <laughs> you know? 
He's Joe Danaher. I've had cars like Joe Danaher. You know, like cars that you like. It's yeah, so beautiful to drive, and like the engine sounds amazing, and they look amazing, and then just like for some reason they won't start at the shops. You know, and it's yeah, it's there is something that is full of personality about that. I'm I'm glad that he laughs because it's funny, and like I mean I know mm. it's frustrating, but it is just a game, and he fucked up, and it's funny. Well, do you think like Richo, Matthew Richardson would be any more lovable if he was like a dead-eyed dick? Like the thing that we loved about Richo was the complete package, you know, like that's what you came for was the showman. He could do the most brilliant thing and then the most absurd thing and that's what made him so likable. And I think that like Joe has those qualities. I don't know if it fits the kind of the Brisbane sort of like, you know, you know, they had their Favola years and stuff, but, you know, they're generally a proud club who pursue excellence, you know, like that. you think about that triple premiership era. And I just don't know if it's the right fit. Like I could see Joe at a club like St Kilda, for instance, where, you know, these kind of like things happen all the time. But I don't know if culturally, we'll see, we'll see. I don't know if culturally in the long run that the Brisbane fans will take to Joe, like you and I <laughs> are taking to Joe. I really like it though because I think that the reason we like Richo so much and Richo has the personality that Richo has is partly because he didn't kick straight like he had to have a sense of humor about himself like Richo one of the all-time greats like a hall of famer like no doubt in my mind Richo like you know a super super player but if he kicks straight we're talking about him in the same bracket as we talk about Mockett and Dunstall and you know these guys like if he kicks straight that's funny yeah that's the sort of player he is right He's a nicer bloke than any of those people, right? Like all those other people all, I mean, like I think they, you know, Tony Lockett has a very personal way of dealing with like the immense fame that he had, but the ones who are still in the media, like, you know, your Jason Dunstalls, your Wayne Careys, these sort of like, they have big egos, you know, and the joke mm. is never at their expense. It's always at somebody else's expense. And Richo's the opposite of that. And I think Joe Danaher will probably be yeah. more a Richo t- style character out of football than like one of those other style characters. Do you reckon, it got me thinking watching that that particular highlight of him handballing the ball off and, and, you know, I wish I could, that's when I wish like the players were mic'd up because I just wanted to know what he was saying, what others were saying to him. You know, when you see like banter <laughs> on the field, not like tactical, yeah. but you know, you see like opponents chatting or, you know, just a bit of interplay. Are you curious? Like, do you think you have an idea of what's been said? Like, do you reckon you could guess with a certain degree of accuracy what's being said? Because I reckon I have no idea. Like, I honestly don't know, like, how serious it is, like how personal the players are getting, or maybe, you know, they're friendly because they play junior footy together. Do you reckon you could guess from watching banter what they're saying? Sometimes. Not not all times, like, but yeah, definitely sometimes. But I, here's the thing: I think that Joe's done. He's made fun of himself first. So then, anything that comes afterwards, yeah. it's like if his opponent comes up and goes, "You're a real dickhead from doing that." He's going, "I know. I've already laughed at it. Did you not see me on the big screen? I was watching it back <laughs> and pissing myself. I fucked it up." <laughs> I just wish, though, like I would, I'd like to. I know they mic up players from time to time. You know, that's generally that player knows that they're going to be get mic'd up, so they're not going to speak candidly. No. Like if I would just wish secretly mic them. A service you. We need to secretly yeah, mic players. Like maybe 
I mean, if you had the technology where you they, so you don't have to be you know burdened down with carrying a mic on you, but just say they had these directional mics where mm-hmm. you could just point it and you know like spies have, and you could pick up what they were saying. If there was a service on Ko or something where it's like, oh, you can hear the sounds of the field, and we mean you can hear everything. <laughs> you can hear every single conversation, <laughs> and the players were like. Um, what's the word? Indem- uh, there, there was no, they weren't, they weren't going to be held accountable for mm. anything that was said. Like, you know, you couldn't reproduce or whatever. I mean, I would listen to that. I would fuck BT and, and JB. Like, I'm turning off the commentary. I would love to hear all that stuff. Because I know we've talked about it in the past where they have mic players up and it's like, it's just a lot of come on, come on and quick hands and huffing and puffing and stuff. But I reckon if it was more candid than that, it was more big brother. Like the first few weeks, sure, they're all going to be conscious, but after a while they would start to forget. And then I reckon you'd get some real insight into who these players are. I mean, you'd probably get some fairly dull conversation, yeah. I'm sure. Like some- maybe Charlie Cameron's just saying to his opponent, did you see the Storm last mm-hmm. week? No, oh, they won. Go Storm. You might get some real Tom Morris style material as well. That might be the problem, I would suggest. In fact, might be an yeah. opportunity for Tom to get back to Fox footy. He can host this channel. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be like footy after dark. Do do you miss footy Uh, when it was real rank? Well, we have a channel for you. (laughs) Now, Will, brand new season of Two Guys, One Cup. And if you are uh, new to Two Guys, One Cup, welcome. Uh, Now exclusive on the listener app. Uh, We're very proud and happy to have moved platforms, aren't we, Will? And the audience have just embraced us with open arms. Uh, Much like St Kilda going to Seaford, it's been nothing (laughs) nothing but positive feedback. Uh, people not getting personal at all. Uh, it's just been fantastic. We are exclusive to listening. We're very happy to be here. Um, you can still find us on tofop.com. Uh, if you're overseas and, you want to, and you've got a VPN, you can still listen to us that way. But uh, one of our most uh, uh, popular segments is uh, the player pocket profile. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a lot of people in the off season send me stuff. We've got like, I've got a, a, a little virtual folder filled with um pocket profiles from all different eras. So it's great. We can, there's one from John Northey that I was reading today that I was like, fuck, this is fascinating because I don't think you'd get one. I mean, just tell me five things off the top of your head, two things off the top of your head about John Northey. What would you guess? Uh, Coach North Melbourne might've had a mustache. Uh, Either of those things So that's already wrong. (laughs) Coach Melbourne. (laughs) Went and coached Brisbane for a little bit. And, and yes, did have a mustache. All right, how about this? Okay. What was John Northey's favourite TV show? And this pocket profile was done in like the in the late eighties. So I'll give you a clue. Mash. No, three word title. Okay. Female protagonist. Oh, Cagney and Lacey. No. Singular female protagonist. Um, if if I give you the genre, it might give it away. But it was a mystery. Uh, oh, uh, murder. Mystery. She wrote. Murder. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, there's lots of great um, pocket profiles coming up this year. Um, but for now, I thought we'd start uh, with a Sydney player uh-huh. called James Robottom. Are you familiar with the work of James Robottom? No. Me either. Absolutely no idea what position he plays. Very funny name, Robottom. Um, he's number eight. Um, and oh, this is the other thing about so the new. Uh, footy record all new questions this year Will so you got comfortable last year wondering who a player would have at their dinner party and all that kind of stuff but they're brand new questions it's a new it's a new year new questions so you're gonna have to really really think about this okay can um, I tell you okay. this row bottom is he R-O-W or R-O-E like salmon row uh, R-O-W like row okay. boat all right 
Why? It's important to me to get into inside the head of him. I, I want to know if he's like a James Ray, a salmon, like a salmon egg bottom, or a, like a you know he's been sitting in his rowboat going down the Yarrow bottom. I mean, you know, like how names you know evolved sometimes mm. from occupations and stuff. What do you think the rowbottoms were doing five hundred years ago? Um, uh, well, I mean. Rowing might be involved. No, but maybe it's the, the bottom. I think the bottom, because you've held on to the bottom, right? So you've got your yeah. side bottoms. Um, side bottom, yeah. What would your row bottoms? Your row bottom. Mm. Maybe like if, maybe if there was like a, you know, an armada mm. and you had like, you know, didn't you have like. They, they were rowing. rowing. Yeah, of course. And there was yeah, a guy so on the like bottom. two layers of, on the bottom and he was a row bottom. Okay. Bottom rower. <laughs> row bottom? No. Or maybe it's a mispronunciation. Maybe it's actually row bottom. Like maybe it's like this guy likes to fight and he's a bottom. He's a row bottom. <laughs> loves an argument. It, it does. Loves an argument. Also loves being a bottom. It does sound bottom. like a grinder description, doesn't it? <laughs> row bottom. <laughs> Just a real <laughs> angry bottom. I'm a real row bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if he doesn't have a nickname, hopefully by the end of this show, he's got one. Angry Bottom. Okay. Um, all right. Let's start off with his favorite non-AFL sporting team. Ooh. Australian uh, team, so, international team. Oh, oh, look, I'll make it easy for you because it's your first one and I want you to warm up into this. Um, okay. So it's an NBA team. So that narrows it down a bit for It you. does. So um, is it an obscure NBA team, or does it kind of make sense that it- no one of the big one of the big franchises? Okay, I'm going to say oh, he plays for the Sydney Swans. I'm thinking LA Lakers, and you'd be 100 percent correct. Ding, 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 ding. I okay. love it. Will bloody opens his account with a shot on goal. Unlike Joe Danher, does not hand it off. <laughs> Just takes the shot. I don't have to throw my headset off. Okay, um, do you go? to AFL games when your team is not playing. Hmm, I mm. like this new line of questioning mm. from the footy record. It's just digs well, a bit deeper. It's a bit like, you know, Sean Evans on Hot Ones. You know, you're like, oh, this guy's a really good interviewer. He asks interesting questions. Doesn't go for the obvious one. Just digs a little bit deeper. So here's the thing. He's an, he's obviously a Sydney player. So his opportunities to go and see other AFL games when he's not playing would be limited. Oh. I would say minimal. But we have just come off a couple of years of people playing in different places where you might have had an opportunity. Now I'm going to say no, just based on the fact that it's not something that he gets on an opportunity to do. Ding. That's well deduced. That was very Sherlock-esque. I don't think I would have actually followed that line of of inquiry. Not Sherlock. I think you'll find it was very Angela Lansbury-esque because John Northey and I both have a hero in our lives. (laughs) Okay. Um, All right. This will give you... I mean, this is a yes or no question, uh, and I think this maybe will help you work out the rest of his questions. Okay. As a traditionalist or not, should the centre bounce? Should the centre bounce be retained? Oh, now did we work out what position that uh, um, old Jerry hey, Robottom uh, plays? Podcast, Mark. Can you look up James Robottom, number eight for the Sydney Swans, and just give us a bit of info: how many games he's played, what position, if he's kicked any goals, that kind of stuff. Mm. So the centre bounce, does he think it should be retained? See, it, it, like it depends. Like, because if he's if he's a ruckman, I don't think he's a ruckman. But like, what position does he play, Mike? Does it say? Have you got information about? Okay, so he's a midfielder. He's played thirty-seven okay. games. Um, I'm going to say 
No, fuck it. Get rid of the centre bounce. Oh, no, he loves the centre bounce, uh, mate. He's no. a traditionalist. Mm, okay, that's all okay. right. That's your first blemish. That's okay. You've started the year. You've opened your account very well. It's very impressive. Now, mm-hmm. I'm going to say, um, just to help you out here, uh, there is one name, a bit like, um, um, remember when uh, Darcy Byrne Jones kept potting um, uh, Peter Adams for his shit rig last year, and it kept sort of coming up. Yes, there's, there's a, a running, running joke. joke. Is there a running joke? A, re- a recurring character? Yeah, is there a recurring character? And if you can get who this player is, I think it may help you like jag a few more of these answers. Okay. Um, the first one is um, okay. This is this guy's his housemate. Um, so mm. the question Ooh. is, your first non-football wish for 2022 is, and it's a mm. complaint about a housemate. He wants him to... Yeah, like do the dishes or do the washing or like clean the house sort of thing. Like, you know, some... I'm going to give you that because he says do more jobs around yeah, the house. Okay. And so like, yeah, you're, you're right in there. And I think, okay, so just, just keep that in mind. Okay. Just keep that in mind. He wants him to do more jobs around the house. He's played 37 games, so I'm assuming... Like, unless this is one where they team them up with an older player, I'm thinking maybe it's a younger player. Uh, yeah, I think Nick Blake is also a fairly uh, yeah rookie-ish kind of player. I reckon that's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Um, so uh, his scariest non-football moment, and this is a genuine fear for a lot of people, in fact, a phobia, I'd imagine, Um it's also related to a Weezer song. He's terrified of Buddy Holly. He's terrified of the <laughs> Buddy Correct. Holly. People with glasses freak him out. He will not play if Mason Cox is taking to the He field. will not take the light aircraft. That is the one rule that he has, no light aircraft. Um, uh, so hang on. So what was the question? He's got a fear. Um, and it's a common your scariest, fear. It's your scariest. It's a phobia. Non-football moment. Um, scariest non. It's a scary. But what was his scariest non-football moment? So this happened to him, and this is something that people are terrified of happening to them. Oh, it's a fairly common thing. A lot of people won't do this particular. Thing. You're on the yeah. money before. You're joking, but you're actually on the money early. Uh, Not with the glasses. With the, thing. So hang on. Laser eye surgery. <laughs> He's had, no. he's so had, buddy, he's had laser buddy, eye surgery. Buddy, everybody's main fear. Go back to Buddy Holly. Uh, he died in a, a in a plane accident. So his scariest non-football moment was? Uh, was He was almost involved in a plane accident. Engine failure on a the plane. There you go. I'm not going to give you that no. because I had to hold your hand way too much. No. But, you know, I, feel, you know, you, I think you're, you're getting there. I think... You started off strong. You got a bit confused with the whole, you thought maybe he was a rebel rouser when he's a traditionalist. I think that's kind of to put you off course. Let's see if you can get back mm. in the swing of things. Who rules the roost in his household? Uh, You've forgotten his housemate's name already, haven't you? Nick, Nick Blakey. <laughs> Nick Blakey rules the yeah, I was certain you'd forgotten the guy we'd spoken of only two minutes ago. <laughs> Did you remember his name? You remembered. Well, uh, I said it, so I guess I, I did, <laughs> based yeah, on yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> uh, I mean, other than when you asked me what it was and I said his name, I guess on the evidence that I have, yes, I remembered. <laughs> uh, who is your favourite or most influential junior coach? That's a guy called Jim Hallam. Mm. Okay, where did he go to Auskick? 
Um, he, this is a Melbourne, a, a suburban, not a suburban Melbourne ground, uh-huh. a home ground of a football club. Oh, hang on. Oh. How do I explain this? A, um, a traditional home ground of a Melbourne football club. So it's not where they train now, but it was their home for, for years and years when it was Victorian competition, when it was the VFL. Okay, so like you're talking about, um, uh, like is like, it like a Witten Oval, yeah, you know, something like what's, that. Yeah. What's um, what was Collingwood's uh, home Park. ground, Victoria Park? Is it Victoria Park? Mm-hmm. No, oh sorry, no, it's oh. like Glenferry and Hawthorne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, okay, this is bad. Like you started like you started yeah. like a house on fire, and then quickly you've been found. Christian Petrarca has just been uh-huh. bloody getting touches willy nilly. He's about to blow you out of water unless you put someone on him. Okay, here we go. Did he have a part-time job while still at school? Get inside the mind yes. of James yes. Rowbottom. Yes, he did. No. What? Oh shit! This is terrible. This is a disaster. <laughs> this is a. If you were a profiler, I'm working for the FBI, and I've asked you to come in and crack this case. I'd be like, this fucking idiot doesn't know anything. But he's a traditionalist. We're getting nowhere with I'm this like, guy. I was in his head. I was like, he's a traditionalist. A traditionalist would have got good values from having a part-time job before he like started in the AFL. No, he's probably always playing footy, though. He didn't okay. have time for a part-time no. job. Okay. Um, the best storyteller at, at your club, it's a player I've never heard of. I doubt you've heard of him either. His name's Justin McInerney. No. Nope. right in saying you don't know who that is? Okay. All right, here we go. Back to a player you may know. The best social outing organiser at your club. Mm. Jeez, All the right. Sydney Swans. I mean, too bad Dan Hannabry left because I reckon between Dan and Buddy, yeah. <laughs> like you would have been... Would have been a real hard hard pick. This probably makes it easier for you knowing that Hannibal's at the Saints now. Well, um, I mean, because your obvious ones would be your Hannibal and your buddy, but yeah. So it's, it's not, not that them. he is a. It's a high profile name. I think even yeah. No, this is definitely this dude is a senior and possibly a leader. I can't remember last week when we were doing the captains if he was in the group or mm-hmm. not. But it's definitely a name that you know you would know. Um, so. Look, I've got a few speculations. So is it Dane Rampey? No. Uh, Isaac Heaney? another go, though. No. Callum Mills? Callum Mills loves party boy. Really? Callum Mills. Interesting. In fact, I believe after their last Mad Monday, John Longmire pulled Callum Mills into his office and said, take a good, long, hard look at yourself. And Callum said, I did. Everyone has. They love it. <laughs> Little niche joke for you, Corey Worthington fans out there. <laughs> um, okay, which teammate should run politi- for political office in the future? Mm. Now, I'm not sure if you can remember this player. We have discussed him before because there was some conjecture a, a while back when we were saying that Joe Danaher had the smallest head mm. in the AFL. This player was offered up as a rival for the smallest head in the AFL. Okay. Can you remember who we're talking no, about? No, no, I can't. Can you even see him in your in your normal sized head? Can you see who I'm talking about? I can't even think of like a Sydney. If Swans I told player. you yeah, that he is like their not their ruckman, but plays in the ruck, I think he's sort of a key position, maybe backup ruck to Tom Hickey. Mm-hmm. Um, not- has the same first name as Party Boy. <laughs> a Corey. No. <laughs> oh, Callum. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's two Callums playing. Really? Callums are the jacks of St Kilda. That is very Sydney, though, isn't it? That if you're going to have a couple of players with the same name, that they could be called Callum. Uh, Callum. It's not even a real name. I, I don't even, can't even think of like another Callum. Callum Sinclair. Okay. Callum Sinclair. No idea. Okay. Well, he's running for office. Okay. 
Um, that was a really terrible round. Oh, terrible. You. Awful. Just awful. I mean, I the mean, second quarter, just abysmal. <laughs> you just lost your way. <laughs> All right, bet it's halftime now. Uh, Have an orange. All right. Uh, I'll give you a little pep talk. Look, I think you just need to... I think you're overthinking it. You were just playing on instinct in that first quarter, and it was really... That was when you lit the game up. But then they sort of locked down on you a bit. You got started second-guessing yourself. I just want you to go out there and just and just have some fun. Just play your natural game, Will. Don't overthink it. Sydney are a bogey team okay. for me, though, because even the challenge yeah, of having are. to name other Sydney players is very hard, <laughs> let alone know yeah. what their personalities are. Okay. Okay, this makes it a bit easier because these are just sort of multiple okay. choice questions, really. Okay, so rate your cooking skills mm. from one to five, and I'm assuming five being the best, one being the lowest. Okay. And I, okay, yeah, I'm, you, I'm not going to give you a clue here. Well, Blakey's doing fuck all around the house, so I think that um, Robottom is doing the majority of the responsibilities. So I reckon Robottom fancies himself in the kitchen and he's going to give himself like a four or five. I'm going to say five. Oh, no, you just handballed at the top of the goal square. It was four. I was about to say yes, but then you bloody your mouth kept going and you said five. Oh, oh no. Look at what I just did. It does feel good to just get it off your chest like that. Look at it. Oh, boy. I had it. <laughs> Will Anderson is the Joe Danaher of two guys in the cup. Ah, oh, okay. But that's good. You know what? At least you got your hands on the ball. Yeah. I think that's that's a positive. Yeah. <clears throat> it took okay. a good yeah, this one. Fumbled it on the goal line. <laughs> <laughs> this one is a very interesting right. answer, and it's a very two guys, one mm. cup answer, and I think you'll understand. This, this is one of those ones where when you hear the answer, you're like, oh, yeah, I get it. Okay. What is his best dish? Um, this is a dish that has come up and been the cause of fascination for us. He doesn't. He doesn't eat chorizo pasta, does he? Fucking chicken and chorizo pasta. Are you That's serious? his best dish. What is going on in the AFL or these young guns, a generation of chorizo pasta eaters? We didn't even know it was a thing until like two years ago. It doesn't feel to me like a healthy option, chorizo. <laughs> you know? It just feels like well, it's, it's too full of salt. fatty and salty, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean... You can understand carb loading before a game, get some of the, the pasta in here, but surely the salt just like retains water, makes you heavier. Yeah, what did you have the night before game. the big game? A really salty Italian sausage. <laughs> um, okay, what's the worst cooking disaster he ever had? So um, he set fire to something. Okay. Well, he set a common uh, household. Like a frying pan, he set fire to it like a. Uh, Outdoor uh, barbecue, set fire to a there barbecue. You go. Yeah, I gave you hands in the you golf did. square. I felt yes. like you needed it. Thanks. <laughs> Just, <laughs> okay, uh, is he a golf guy or a tennis guy? Whew. Okay. Oh, James, James Robottom. I feel like I don't know you at all. So, I would suggest that he is he, like he's a midfielder, which means that it could be tennis, but I'm gonna say golf. Not again. I've done it again. I've done it again. <laughs> I, I love the fact that there's people who have like downloaded the listener app. Maybe they're curious. They've seen some of the ads and they're listening oh. to what's exclusively on the listener app for the first time. And they're like, so is this what this show is? Yeah. One guy just reads out. Sometimes I'm better at it, but like, this is not a good start. Much like the Bulldogs <laughs> and the Saints have not got out yeah. of the box on fire. Has has James Robottom ever used Dr. Google to diagnose an injury or an illness? 
Yes or no? No. Yes, he has. (laughs) Just start (laughs) saying the opposite of what you think. I, I take back, all right? Okay, I just sent the runner out. He said, do you know how I said just play on instinct? Don't overthink it. Don't play on instinct. <laughs> play it on the opposite. Whatever the opposite of instinct is, play on that. Like, just use your head and, and the, the opposite. Okay. All right. Okay. Can he keep a secret? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. All right. Okay, this is good. <laughs> We've found the secret. You've got to go against every instinctive urge uh-huh. in your body and you'll get it right. Okay. Um, what is his idea of the perfect day? And this is a fairly generic day that involves two things. First thing is a daytime activity. The second thing is a very common evening activity. Very, very common for someone who lives in Sydney to do the daytime thing. Yeah, so beach, I would say. Correct. Ding, and that's um, the second thing. And then don't overthink it. It's just a, it's a real... Like, I mean, it's dinner or drinks. There dinner. you go. Dinner and drinks. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. So this is good. You got your confidence back up. A couple of easy touches. Right. We threw you in the middle. Just got your confidence back. <laughs> half back. Put me off half yeah, back. Yeah, put your half back so you can see the action now. You can read yeah. the play. It's much easier. <laughs> got the game in front of you. Um, okay. What is the biggest compliment he's ever received? And I would say this probably came from Nick Blakey. Uh, that he is an excellent cook. Mm, he's good to live with. Okay, yeah. Um, something that you're proud of. And again, his uh, housemate gets a mention here. Um, that I am... Think, wait, before you answer. Cl- th- think about... So Nick Blake, he's mentioning Nick Blakey. This is something that he's proud of. Yeah. What has he said about Nick Blakey so far? That, that, that he's unclean and he's not pulling his weight around the house. Okay, so what's the thing he's most proud of then? That he's cleaner, a better, cleaner than Nick Blakey or something. Oh, that he's got Nick Blakey to clean his room. <laughs> oh, no, that, yeah, okay, that's not close <laughs> enough. Um, what's his biggest fear? Again, this would be a very common fear, especially for people who live in uh, his part of the world. Uh, especially, you know, when he's doing his daytime activity. Botox. Um, sharks. I'm so housing prices. Housing, <laughs> yeah. Real estate in the yeah. eastern suburbs. Cost Gosh. of living in the city, sharks. Sharks, sharks. Uh, if he could play one instrument, what would it be? Um, guitar. Correct. What series is he binge watching? A lot of people, uh, this is, uh, I mean, I've never seen this show, but people love it. Apparently, mm. there's a lot of like sex in it and stuff. Imagine a young man uh, watching this. Euphoria. Correct. And the last question, this could be Will Anderson answering this last question. What's the best movie of all time? Uh, the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. Oh, yeah. You know what? Okay. It actually was not a bad finish to the up. game. Yeah. Yeah. Lost. <laughs> Like played okay in the final quarter when the other team teams stopped trying so much. Yeah, yeah, you got some junk time goals, but uh, yeah, yeah th- that was pretty good. All right, well, uh, thank you to the listener who sent that in. I'm sorry, I've forgotten your name. Um, and if you've got a pocket profile that you would like us to read out, just uh, you can contact us at Two Guys One Cup AFL on Twitter and Instagram. We do have an email account. I can't remember what it is, but you can also go to tofop.com. Um, there's a contact form there if you want to send us an email. But uh, I don't really go to the mailbag on Two Guys One Cup anymore. So just Twitter and Instagram is the best way to contact us. In fact, while we're talking about Twitter, we have some people uh, who have some comments about round round one action 
Should we go through these and, and, and yep. give our feedback on this? <clears throat> so I asked people what their highlights of round one were. Clark says Gold Coast beating the flat track bullies in Perth on their own patch. It was exciting, but can they really be considered the, the flat track bullies when half their team was out? Like, I actually thought it was a fairly impressive performance for West Coast to even be in the game considering the numbers they had out. Although you did look at the players they had in. They still had Gaff, they still had McGovern, they still had Kennedy. You know, they had a lot of good players. But then it was all this like, hang on, is that, have they just, and they just put an Eagles jumper on like a sheep that's running around there? Are they that low on numbers? Like, I have no idea. Is that, like, who is that person? Yeah, I, well, everything that I heard about this game when it was discussed was that the Eagles had actually, you know, played pretty well considering, you know, the cattle that they had to put put on the field. Uh, literally cattle, literally apparently. Cattle. <laughs> and, and that Rao was great. El Chorizo, our man. Look, we we didn't build him up as much in our preseason this year because we felt like we put too much weight on those fragile shoulders last season that we were said he was going to win the brown though. But... <laughs> I'm back on it, Charlie. He's going to win the Brownlow. <laughs> Three votes already. Lock him in. He's going to win the Brownlow. This is the year. We just went one year too early. I didn't realize that I had a favorite non-Saints player until I saw him in action. I just, I think it's a combination of what we know about his personality. The fact that he's this like 60-year-old man in like a 20-year-old's body. But then you see the way he plays and he's just, he's just relentless. Like he's such a tough, good honest competitor like I just don't understand how anyone could not love watching him play um this uh, well, he's got is, no weapons he's got no weapons <laughs> uh this is from T to the H who says Isaac Heaney better than Dusty just not as tattooed and cool so less attention what are your thoughts uh that's a pretty big call I don't think nope. uh, Isaac Heaney Isaac Heaney's great he's a really good player but he's like last season where I did actually watch the football the thing about Heaney was that when he was great, he was great, but there was a few matches where he didn't do a lot. And I know Dusty these days, like sometimes in the season, you know, can be a bit like that as well. And he saves it for the big moments, but Heaney doesn't have the record that yeah. Dusty has yet. So, but could he be that good? I reckon he could be. Like he's got that, probably he's going to be a bit more, always a bit mm. more forward than Dusty. You know, Dusty's a midfielder who's so damaging forward. And I feel like Heaney still is a great forward who's a really damaging midfielder as well but I mean player. Swans fans are up and about at the moment I did get a, a few quite a few people including Scott Gamble messaging me over the weekend saying you know thanks for Paddy McCartan which is uh you know we might as well mention uh our, our new segment you sent killing me uh the idea you the idea me. this is perfect you're sent killing me we actually predicted this last week we said Paddy McCartan will be a star you're sent killing, you're me. Sent killing I mean, me I mean it's amazing isn't it out of the 2014 draft we had the choice between McCartan and Petrarca, and somehow we've ended up with neither. <laughs> like, you're neither. fucking killing me. You're <laughs> killing me, St. Killing. Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, uh, can't even joke about it. Let's, let's give another round. And then mm. once I know the season is done and dusted, which will probably be by next Sunday, yeah. then I'll, I'll, I'll be in the mood to joke about it. Um, but I haven't checked your game. I assume you guys yeah, won, right? Yeah. Like, you wouldn't have got beaten by Collingwood. <laughs> Uh, at, uh, at Jim Jam says, hey, uh, Matt Rowell getting pancaked by Rioli. He must have thought, <laughs> Rioli must have thought he was from Asada. He almost knocked the chorizo out of him. <laughs> he did almost knock the chorizo out of him. But I would like to see Willie, if it goes to the tribunal, claim that he was just a yeah. bit high. It's not his fault. <laughs> he was just a little bust. Uh, and he could smell the sweet chorizo on Matt Rowell's breath. Uh, 
I just couldn't. Byron Parrish says, uh, Joe Danaher had either the best worst game or the worst best game of the round. But a discussion of who the best worst team after round was and who the worst best team was. Oh, that's a good, that is a, a good topic. I would say mm. the worst best team would be Essendon because they were the ones who went into the mm-hmm. season with all the absolutely. talk and they got absolutely pumped. In fact, that was the one kind of shining light was like, geez, fuck, if Carlton and Collingwood are going to win games, at least Essendon can lose. That, that makes me feel a little bit better. And then I guess the worst best team. Oh, no, the best worst team. No, the best worst team. The best worst team. Hawthorne? Were Hawthorne Frio the best worst maybe? team? I don't know. But a Frio good, it's hard to get a read on them. Or Gold Coast. Yeah. Gold Coast the best worst. Gold Coast actually looked. When Isaac Rankin and Lukosius and Matt Rowell and Anderson are all connecting through the midfield and you've got like Sexton, you know, playing a kind of supporting role, they're actually a pretty good side. Like that's what I was th- th- I know they were playing like a seconds team essentially, but... It's fucking good. When they're up and about, it's good for football, I reckon. There's, a, there's as much to like about the Gold Coast as there is about like GWS. They just just haven't been able to get it together. Um, okay, Miles uh, Healy says, Aaron Norton was wearing a Nike headband. I'm wondering if this is a gen- genius personal sponsorship or if he just put a headband, pulled a headband from his personal stash out of his sock drawer before the game. That's a good question. I guess you'd have to clear that with whoever his apparel sponsor is, right? Yeah, you, you wouldn't just be able to like wear any sort of unbranded non-AFL official merchandise into the game. Like there, there would be rules. The AFL would have a series yeah. of like contractual rules about that. So you would have to yeah, have it. But approved. once Mason Cox got his goggles approved, <laughs> all fucking bets are off. That's now fancy dress. <laughs> all bets it's are Mad off. Monday. Wherever, wear whatever you want to the game. We don't mind. I did get a funny meme sent to me after the Saints lost to Collingwood, which was a photo of uh, Mason Cox and his goggles saying, congratulations, you just got beaten by Neo from the Matrix. <laughs> I mean, it does feel, I will say, with the Bulldogs, because they all do have those distinct personalities, that they are all still at Mad Monday. The Bulldogs look like a team where they're all dressed as characters from Mad Monday. Uh, Juzzy says, what caught my attention was teams seemed more attacking and rookies having absolute blinders. Plus the Red Bull, Matt Rowell is back. Mature players getting a chance. Bad haircuts are back. Willie Rioli bringing the arse bump. It's a really good round one. I agree, Juzzy. Um... uh, Midi says Kane Corns sitting there twirling his cape and his mustache pantomime style while berating Jack Ginovan or Ginovan, I can't remember how to pronounce, for using a GoPro after the Collingwood win. As someone who works in the media, he doesn't seem to know much about how club media works these days. So are you familiar with that? That's what was that was the B in Kane's bonnet was well, did you What was his what was his problem with so, someone using a GoPro after the so game? you know how all clubs give a player like a GoPro after the game for their content for their website. So this, you know, he's like a second or third year Pies player, um, was doing a bit of like whoop, whoop, NBA, kind of talking it up. Like, you know, I can't remember what he said. It was like easy win or some shit like that. And was like, you know, throwing like signs at the, you know, and whoop, whooping and all that kind of stuff. And Kane was not impressed. Kane was like, mate, you've played like four games. You beat St Kilda, who no one rates. I'm like, fuck you, Kane. Although, if Kane says we suck, does that <laughs> mean Kilda, we're actually going to be good? going to drive by <laughs> we're gonna drive the way for no yeah, reason. totally. But if Kane's bagging us, does that mean we have a chance this year? Look, here's what I will say about that, Kane Collins. You're either into the idea that like clubs make content or – like this is part of it right Mm. like and you want them to be authentic you want these kids to like not all be you know robots you want them to like express their personality or robotoms or robotoms (laughs) maybe that's where it came from (laughs) they were the original (laughs) robots 
Well, Nathan Buckley on SCN talked about it this morning and he was like, look, you know, this is where we're at now. And like every club is desperate for content. They just have to kind of turn stuff over. And he's gone, so you're going to hand the camera to a player who is more likely to do a bit of that whoop, whoop, you know, easy win kind of shit. Like, sure, like, you know, he, he may need a reality check, but he'll get one. I mean, that's mm. the thing. Do you reckon, like, the next player he lines up on isn't going to remind him about that thing that's been all over the media? He'll get his comeuppance. Like, it's not like he just gets away with it. Like, there is ramifications for it. So, so why cramp his style? Like, isn't this what we want? We get bored with, like, the same kind of media-controlled statements from players. Like, just give a young player a GoPro and watch the shit happen. I mean... It makes it all more interesting. This drama around that fucking Bulldog song, like the narr- the, the time that this song has got and, you know, when they've been singing the song and who was singing the song first and people are mad about the song, like it just adds to, it's nonsense and it doesn't actually really matter in the real world. But this is the sort of thing that like Kane Corns would be like, this is nonsense, you shouldn't have any of this. It's fun. And yeah, this kid's yeah. like now put a bit of a target on himself and he'll either get smashed for it or someone will try to smash him for it and he'll prove that he's actually you know better than that and learn from it i mean like you know bailey smith like you know is an instagram model but plays like a super hard footballer like you know you could say exactly the same thing about him uh scoochy mcjuice meal (laughs) i want a full segment on chad widgard being able to wear the long sleeve hawks guernsey now that clarko clarko has bolted yeah some jumpers don't look good with the long sleeves, no. and there's something about the brown and brown and gold hoops on on the sleeves. Like it, Michael Tuck is the last player I can remember wearing that, or was there someone else that I'm missing? Well, it doesn't look good, and yeah, I don't know. Like for Chad Wingard, like who is a guy who is a good looking cat. Maybe, maybe that's the thing, though. Like maybe that's what Chad's doing. He's like, if I look too good. Like, my looks are distracting and I can't concentrate on my football. So I've got to actually, like, dress down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 the... What is it? It's like the sweat hog. You remember, like, when you could buy, like, a Nike or a Reebok hoodie, but then your mum would get you, like, a sweat hog. <laughs> like a sweat hog hoodie. It has that look of a shitty kind of low-market sporting apparel. No, it looks, I mean, it looks I mean, like a Halloween costume. It looks like something you would send your kid to a costume party. Mad Monday. Yeah. That's, a, that's another Mad Monday costume. Um, all right, that, that'll do it for this week. I think a lot, great, a lot of great feedback. So uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, I'm not sure if we've mentioned it, but we're exclusive to the listener app. on the listener app. Well, actually, right now, I think you're listening. You could be listening to this somewhere else, which is why we've been told to say it. But after this, we will be exclusive <laughs> to the listener app. It's not much of an ad if we're already exclusive to the listener app and we're just telling people yeah, we're exclusive to the listener app. People are like, I know, I downloaded the free app and now I'm listening to you. But for those people who are listening to this in the other place for the very last time if you want to keep listening to the show. And why wouldn't you, after we spent 20 minutes not getting anything right, guessing a pocket profile and not really talking about any of the games? It's a great show and we'd love to have you on board. You come over to listen app. <laughs> Uh, what else we need to promote? Um, oh, yes, you can, it's a, we do another podcast called uh, Tofop, which is at tofop.com. Yep. It's a bit like this, but with, I mean, you could say theoretically it has more football talk. Than to it often does. Up and you probably wouldn't be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so if you like this kind of banter and you want to hear other shows, you can go to tofop.com and check out all the other great podcasts while you're there. Uh, but that's it for now. Um, and so what's my sign off again? Um, oh, yeah. Play on, not 15. <laughs> we are two guys, one 